Hi, Nick. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Yourself? I really appreciate you being here, um, especially because it's um, International Day of People with Disabilities. Mm -hmm. So really, you know, especially with uh, having that event last month to create that awareness and, and support that community, I really thought it'd be um, obviously special to have you here. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess, you know, the introduction is we, we met because we're both on the Postmasters group, yeah, which I love. Mm -hmm. I love supporting that group. I myself, you know, I always think I have a disability, but I don't have a visible or non-visible disability that I know. Sure. <laughs> but uh, I think it's important to support that uh, community um, because, as we're going to talk about very soon here, um, there's a lot of challenges. So mm -hmm. um, let's get right to it. And uh, first, I want you to talk about yourself and tell your story. So Sure, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Nick. I am um, I am a disability support worker um, in Edmonton, but I, I work in brain injury. So um, when I was 15, I read this book, uh, "Your Brain on Music" by Daniel Levitt, and and it and it, um, it 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 just it got me interested in the idea of brain and behavior and the link between the two. Um, my sister has cerebral palsy, um, oh. and so that kind of got me working into disability. Um, it just kind of uh, organically, I fell into to doing this, um, and uh, brain injury is so tricky because um, you know you can feasibly affect it in any avenue of your yeah. life, in your behavior, in your body, um, in ways that most people don't think you could be affected. Things you didn't think you could lose. Right. Um, and and if you were to be you know paralyzed from the waist down or or something like that, mm -hmm. I, I think it's obvious that you need accommodation. But if you look normal and you speak normally, um, sometimes it can be really difficult to request that assistance. Right, right, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and I can imagine, especially with non-visible disabilities, people, I mean, I could see someone on the street that looks, you know, normal. Mm -hmm. um, but yet internally, there's there's a lot of struggle, you know, mental health being one of them too, neurodivergent, right? So many other um, things that we got to consider um, so yeah, tell me about the, the challenges that people within that community face. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny actually that you, you mentioned, um, seeing someone on the street and I, <laughs> maybe I'll use this as a soapbox for a moment, but I think sometimes, um, or I see videos of this online, people will confront folks who have a disability placard, but who don't look visibly disabled, oh, don't use a chair, don't. but, um, those, those placards can be given up for a number of reasons, yeah. uh, you know, fatigue or yeah. balance issues, sometimes um, uh, inability navigating. So um, one, I encourage people to leave folks with the placards alone, but, but yeah. I think, um, it, you know, it lends to the point that um, it, those things can be tough to see. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think it, it's a matter of just being kind. Mm. Like how hard is it to be, you know? I think, uh, you know, uh, people see that and they, yeah. and, and they want the, you know, we want the justice of, yeah. and, and, and it really is a shame if people misuse yeah. that system, but yeah, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. I was actually, you know, just reminded me of uh, something that happened on the weekend. Actually, we were at my, uh, my twin niece and nephew's birthday and one of the uh, attendees there, the family had a child with a, um, just kind of abnormal part of his face. And I pinpointed him because all I could think of was, what he might be experiencing because I'm an empath. So mm -hmm. I start to put myself in that person's shoes. He was maybe five years old, mm -hmm. but my nephew who's six years old 
I know his personality very well. He asks questions and it's just mm-hmm. out, it's out of curiosity, right? Absolutely. Um, but as you grow older, it could be more of, you don't want to say ignorant, but yet they are still curious in some way, right? And so I pulled him aside and I said, you know, Asher, there's a boy here, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's very special. He's very unique. Um, I know you're going to be asking questions, but maybe don't ask him any questions because it might hurt his feelings, mm-hmm. right? So I tried to guide him through that. And he actually, he was very well behaved. I was really surprised. Um, but, um, and I actually spent quite a bit of time with that child and just made him feel special. Sure. Um, so I think that's the important thing is, is just to be kind because, you know, when we talk about the non-visible disabilities, it doesn't have to be visual. No. Right? No. Um, I, you know, it, it reminds me of an anecdote actually. Um, yeah. There, uh, there's this famous, um, uh, neurologist, uh, Dr. Oliver Sacks, and he wrote a number of books. Um, and one of my favorite anecdotes of his is this case study of a, a patient of his, Dr. P, who was a professor of music. Yeah. And so uh, Dr. P's wife requested that he get a neurological assessment. He didn't really think he needed it, but she wanted that. Um, so uh, he sees um, Sachs in, in his office. And, uh, you know, the first thing Sachs notices is that the way that he looks at your face um, is a little bit unusual because most times people just kind of look at a central point and you get an impression. Yeah. He's darting a little bit back and forth, you oh. know, looking at specific details, which is, is unusual. Yeah. Um, but, but otherwise, you know, he, he seems relatively normal and they go through the assessment and at one point he asks him to take his shoe off, you know, for a part of the assessment. Yeah. And then he also has to step out for a second to use the washroom. So when yeah. he comes back, he notices that the man's shoe is still off and he asks him, do you, do you need a little bit of help putting your shoe back on? And he says, yeah. what do you mean? My shoe is on. Uh, and he points over at the floor and he says, no, your shoe is right there. And he goes, oh, I thought that was my foot. I thought my shoe was on here. I thought that was my foot. That's interesting. Which is a really bizarre, you know, yeah. perceptual thing. And I think the more interesting point isn't even that he got them mixed up, but that he did not identify that he had a problem. Right. Um, and, and then that lends to, I mean, the 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 specific, I mean, his visual agnosia would be the diagnosis. But, but yeah. agnosia of symptoms as well, um, agnosia is Latin. It just means I don't know, basically, or, or lack of knowledge. Oh, um, and, and you can really have that in any number of domains. Wow. Yeah. There's um, a really super interesting one um, called uh, uh, Capgrass Syndrome. Um, and it's where a person becomes convicted of the idea that their loved one has been replaced by an imposter. And, and it sounds like it would be more of like a mental health thing. But what actually happened is that there's a connection that's been disrupted. It's related to, you know, derealization or things like that. But um, the feelings of warmth and care that they had towards them have become disconnected from them. And so to their automatic conclusion will be that that's not them. They're an yeah. imposter. They're, you know, the that movie with the plants, they've replaced the people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's sort of funny, but it, but you can imagine if you're enduring it, it's distressing. Yeah. Um, and so in my role, I, I think... Uh, I, I work to advocate for folks with brain injury, but the double-edged challenge is sometimes it's hard to explain the things they're going through right. um, because they're things we didn't understand. We don't, we don't assume that can even happen or go wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a challenge for them for sure. So are there like new things, I guess, popping up that, that they recently discovered that they didn't, they weren't aware, like maybe, 20, 30, 50 so years ago? For sure. Yeah. I think the, the big thing is is that we're starting to understand more and more why these things happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I, from my point of view, when when you 
sometimes we talk about mental health and and, and neurological things is separate, but the truth is that your your mind is your brain and vice versa, and yeah. so the connection becomes brain ne- ne- uh, nebulous. So, for instance, um, in autism, if you look on a histological level, uh, you know, on the level of cells, you notice that the cells develop slightly abnormally. Right. So you couldn't look at any individual neuron of a person and say they have autism or not, but if you were to, you know, dissect their brain out yeah. and, and and dissect a number of them and compare to folks who don't have autism, yeah, you can average out the differences and you'll you'll spot it. Um. And so things like that, you know, first of all, I think it, it, it does help to validate. I think people who mental illness mm-hmm. is, is a challenge in public perception because uh, you can't show them what's causing it, right? Right, yeah. But now you sort of, for a lot of times, you know, you, know, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that really helps. I mean, does it help with treatment? Maybe not. Yeah. But, um, you know, the more we know about it, the more... Sometimes the easiest thing, especially with brain injury, and I, and I say this yeah. to my, my folks all the time, it's easier to modify your environment than it is to modify your brain. So mm-hmm. for us to accommodate folks with disabilities mm-hmm. like that is, is tends to be the better solution. Right. And it's up right. to us to figure out how to do it best, how, well, yeah. with their support. Yeah. So do you uh, do you provide education? How do you educate people who don't, you know, the general public, I guess you can say, and create that awareness of people with, with disabilities? Yeah. I mean, I think the, so my... my uh, my advantage here is that it's interesting. You know, oh, I think yeah. we're all interested in our brains, yeah. and, and when things go wrong, it's it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, I uh, I think it's important to well, one to come at it from from people. Have, you're right, and you mentioned this earlier with people of genuine curiosity. Yeah. So um, I am super happy to sit down with anybody and help explain things. Yeah. Uh, often I do in my role, you know, with with. Uh, I find that folks who have gone through the process, maybe they had a stroke and they've gone through the hospital yeah. and all that, but nobody has ever really taken the time to help them understand yeah. on an intuitive level what's mm-hmm. happening or what's wrong. Right. Um, and so I, I really try to use a lot of analogies yeah. um, comparing the brain to other things so that people can understand really what, what it is sort of that's happening to them. Yeah. And even if it doesn't help them treat it or do anything differently, yeah. I think it, it helps us to feel secure in knowing, I guess, yeah. maybe what, what's happened to us. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're, we're talking about the challenges. Um, do you have other stories that you could tell to kind of create a more, more awareness for our audience here? Yeah. Um, let me think. Try to give you a good... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. This is a unique... Um, we'll call it a symptom. And okay. so it's, it's cognitive fatigue. So oh. I think we have an intuitive understanding of what fatigue is from our own daily lives, but this isn't quite that. Yeah. So cognitive fatigue occurs, uh, you know, I'm, I'm simplifying, this is an analogy, but um, I'll give you an example. Let's, let's say the city, uh, city is a brain. If, yeah. you, if you look at pictures of brain, like neurons, you see they're all connected, little yes. spider webs. Yeah, yeah. so, so um, thoughts and those things, sorts of things occur when you have connections that transmit between neurons. Mm-hmm. So city is a good analogy. Um, now, let's say you took Edmonton, right, and, and, and you removed the Hende. So what happens? All the traffic still needs to go to where it's going, yeah. but now it takes a whole lot longer. It's got to route through different routes. Yeah. Um, and more congestion. A lot more congestion. Yeah. Because certain roads that didn't get a lot of use before, now we're getting used way, yeah. way more than they can handle. Yeah. And so, um, you know, neural connections are similar. If you had a stroke or you had a, a, you know, a tumor and, you, and you, have, you have physical volume of tissue removed, yeah. um, your brain's really good at adapting, mm-hmm. but it is working with less resource than it has. Yeah. And so... Uh, like muscle, those neurons will fatigue. Mm-hmm. They will run out of the proteins they've built. They'll yeah. create waste. They'll run out of glucose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so certain things um, 
you know, it could be subtle, the uh, people talking all at once or loud yeah. noises, you know, visual things create this fatigue in someone. Yeah. It's not physical. It's, it's mental. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that one is hardest. That one's hardest for one. It's I, you see it all the time. It's so common, yeah. and it's and it's hard for people to intuitively understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, hard sometimes for for family members to appreciate the the, the impact that can have on a person, mm-hmm. because uh, you know they may not even be able to sleep right when your right. body is not tired, but your brain yeah. is. It's a different kind of fatigue. Yeah. Um. And 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 when you try to think of how that person is going to have to adjust. Yeah. Now you're avoiding things that you can't avoid you know yeah. you got kids and, and suddenly they're they're fatiguing to you when they talk they're fatiguing kids you know kids are not going to calm down because you need them to yeah. that's not what they do so yeah. um and and sometimes in my role the best thing i can do is help them understand what's happening right um help them communicate that to others yeah um and then it's about trying to build compensate uh, compensatory mm-hmm. strategies for instance you know uh go through the mall you wear headphones to block out noise right so things like that yeah but I suppose people, you know, especially some of the uh, autistic people, um, they um, they use those headphones, but they don't put themselves in situations like that. Now, you learn to manage it. Right. But do you find that some people, maybe a, a, a small percentage of them are like, I'm going to kind of face that whatever fear or that challenge and go, Okay, I'm going to go to a concert. I'm going to go to a social, and they try. You know, and that, I think that's a good example of the difference between brain injury and maybe autism is that mm. if you if you're autistic, you you've had that all your life. You're yeah. so used to that that's ingrained. But with yeah. brain injury, I find you get more. I mean, I'm calling it denial, but you yeah. want to go back to the life you lived before. Yeah, and people will fight back against all. Yeah. Um, now that and and the truth is that you can. Uh, train yourself or you know, build endurance to yeah. some extent. Yeah. But there's there's a limit as well. Yeah. Um, I, I do encourage people to, to yeah. do that. Put yeah. yourself in situations, you know, um, gently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't throw sure. yourself into it. Maybe not a concert, yeah. but yeah. Um, sometimes people do improve to some extent. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm just looking at our some of our members in our group, mm-hmm. right? Raul is, he's got a really positive attitude. He's, he's going out to, to events and, you know, he loves food. He's still adventurous, mm-hmm. I guess you can say. And then Janet having had the brain injury when she was 19, you know, she's older now, she's had a family. So she's living a pretty decent life mm-hmm. even with that. So yeah, it's quite amazing. It's not the end. Yeah. Um, it's never the end. Uh, but it can be disruptive, uh, yeah. especially, I mean, you know, I, I've had folks who, you know, their big passions are the things that they can't do anymore, yeah, which is yeah. really unfortunate. But I also find that the type of person who has those ambitions and who's already really active, they'll find new hobbies, no problem. Right. Um, because they already they're already that kind of person. Yeah. The ones who struggle most sometimes are folks who uh they they lose ambition. Sometimes sometimes they didn't have it before. Sometimes yes. sometimes the whole thing is overwhelming. Life is overwhelming. And sometimes it's a consequence directly mm-hmm. of the brain injury itself. Yeah. Um and and you know, we meet folks where they're at. So what is the percentage of yeah, you know, let's talk about that. What are the percentage of people who who still continue to live their life even with the brain injury and who kind of like, you know, go down that mental, dark mental health path? Of, yeah. Right. You know, it's hard to say. Uh I mean, in my position, I think there's a selection bias because I see the folks who are who are yeah. reaching out more often. Okay. Um, I, you know, I assume that anyone who comes is going to have some kind of a mental health issue. Right. Uh, that that's just 
whether it, again, whether it's directly the brain injury yeah. or that's a consequence of the reactions, like it, it takes time to adjust yeah. and, and your life is different. Mm -hmm. um, so I expect that that comes with the territory. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I couldn't say how many people. Are you seeing a variety like a oh, all over the place? I, wow. I mean, I, 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 I am hesitant to phrase it like yeah, this, but each yeah. person is a snowflake and unique. Yeah. Uh, each presentation is totally unique. And, wow. Um, Unique in the person they were before and after, yeah. and unique in their yeah. deficits. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do spend quite a lot of time just getting to know people and awesome. and, and and working with them yeah. and reading between the lines sometimes. Yeah. Too. I guess for me, what I, the question was thrown at you because I was just thinking of you know the whole factor. Do people see that even with that new you know not new life but a, a change in their lifestyle now? You know, how are they reacting to it? Are they pretty much, you know, like this is how I, you know, I like to think that, you know, things are thrown at me in my life and I always think of it as a, not so much a lesson, but this is my purpose. You know, mm -hmm. maybe there's, there's something that I'm supposed to do in this role now as a person who had a brain injury. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I guess that's why I'm thinking the positive aspect of, of, of that question. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I actually, I read this study once years ago um, and, and it referenced it resilience, but it's the, the ability to handle the challenges of life. Yeah. Um, and, and some of the folks who handle it best are, are the most religious. Denomination doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I, and I think the conclusion that I got out of that was that um, it's the folks who are able to say, well, that was God's will or that was right to tend to handle it best. Now, I don't know. I'm not saying anything for or against religion. I don't think you need to have religion to take that attitude. Yes. But but definitely the more resilient a person is, the better they're going to handle the challenge. Yeah. But the caveat, I think, is that depending on where your brain injury was or how it affected you, that can be part of the consequence. You know, frontal lobe damage um, can, can mm -hmm. or, or limbic system damage yeah. can affect how we perceive things, how we make plans, sometimes how we even imagine a goal. Like, if, yeah. I, for instance, if, if I, I actually see this more often than you think, uh, folks who, you might ask them if they want to do something, and they, they cannot visualize it. They can't imagine it. So yeah. they might say no automatically. Yeah. Um, and, and, the, and But if you got them there, they would be interested. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not – I could not – one, I don't make judgments yeah. about character, but I couldn't anyway uh -huh. because <laughs> because it's part of the thing. Yeah. So – but, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I definitely think the takeaway is if, if you can keep a positive attitude, yeah. you, you will find new things. You'll find new avenues, new, new supports, yeah. new hobbies, new – yeah, a new meaning, I suppose. It's funny that you said you. If I, yeah, I get them there. So how? Let's go into that. How? How could you support? Um, you know, the, this community. How do you? How do I personally? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of part of part of my job is probably coaching. Uh, um, I feel like that a lot. Um, okay. You know, and and again, it is sort of. Firstly, I've seen a number of cases. I've seen a lot of them. So I think sometimes I just provide context yeah. um, that I've seen people worse than you do better. Okay. So uh, because you, because if, if you've gone through that and you and you don't see on other examples, showing people other folks who have brain injury go on to have successes is yes. a huge deal. It gives people hope again that there's yes. something else. Very inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I, and I think uh, I also just uh, you know something I've learned to do for myself as well. I guess is. Yeah. is Big projects, big goals. We break them down into super small steps. Yeah. I don't look at the finish. I just look at the next few steps. Yeah. Sometimes it's overwhelming. When you're rebuilding yeah. your life, it's it's so overwhelming. Wow. Um, and so I sometimes I'm just the person who comes in and, and, and let's break this down into small steps yeah. and, and set reasonable goals and yeah. try to achieve those and plan things out. 
Um, and, and even that sometimes for a person who's already motivated or who really wants it, right. They'll just run with it. Yeah. Um, but folks just need a little bit more encouragement. Sometimes we're, yeah. we're all different people. So, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Wow. This is all good stuff. <laughs> I'm learning so much. Yeah. I think, you know, going back to the awareness, I think it's important too, that we educate the people who could support this community as well. Mm -hmm. You know, loved ones, family members, you know, general public. Do you ever do like education towards just like not so much the people that are attached to um, people with visible non, you know, doesn't matter, disabilities, but um, like would you provide like seminars or do you provide webinars, educational opportunities for such well, yeah, personally, yeah. Um, our organization, I mean, our brain injury component doesn't yeah. typically do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we dabble, I suppose. Uh, I think for anyone who's interested in learning more, YouTube is your best resource. Yeah. TikTok, incredible. I never oh, thought really? it. Yeah, I thought I was too old. Oh. But you get on there and, man, because people build these advocacy accounts. Yeah. And so really for any possible um, disability, there's someone out there who's talking about it, who's, who's generating awareness and is explaining what their lived experience is yeah. like. Um, I try to find those because uh, hearing it from me is good. Hearing it from someone who is experiencing it is better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know what? I actually thought of something while we were talking. I'm sorry, a little bit. But uh, I, I was talking before about how, you know, I, we take our experience, you know, as a, as a person holistically. I don't think we see, we don't see the inner gears of how our minds work. Right. How our bodies work. Um, and so... Uh, I think vision is a really good example of that because mm. um, we, we assume that what we're seeing is an accurate representation of the world around us, but it's, it's not. Um, our brains do a ton of maybe post-processing, you might call it, mm. before we get that image. Um, for instance, uh, contrast enhancement. You, when you have you know a line between two things, your, your brain automatically will lighten up the areas that appear right. more, more obvious. Right. Um, Things like that. Um, actually, that's that's where optical illusions come from. Right. It, it's all it's examples of where your brain is thinking. But it's amazing that it takes that it takes you to find an optical illusion for you to notice because it's so seamless. Right. Um, but I will give an example, and and I'll I will challenge your listeners. Um, you can pause this and try this. <laughs> but uh, if you stare, you, you can blink through this. <laughs> but take a, a moment and and stare off somewhere at any single point, and just you know keep staring for. Maybe maximum five minutes. Okay. Um, and, and you can click all you want, but don't look away from that central point at all. What oh. you'll find is that your peripheral vision starts to shrink, so you get tunnel vision, okay. and you're going to lose color perception around just a small thing. And the reason for that is your eyes actually don't have very much perception outside of a small area. In, right. in your periphery, it's really just motion. Yeah. But your brain is so good at creating a model of the environment around you, at remembering yeah. that you, I perceive this, uh, you know, a tan table here, but my eye's not seeing it. My brain is creating that for me. It's creating a model. Wow. But when you continue to stare for like you mm-hmm. know, five minutes, it, it starts to reset the model and you'll be able to see between the, the illusions. Holy so, crap. Yeah, it's super interesting. I recommend people try it because it is a little bit mind-blowing. Oh, I think most people know about the blind spot. Mm. There's a blind spot in our periphery. Yeah. But um, I don't think people get the breadth of how crappy our eyes are compared <laughs> to you know what our brain is doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about the advocacy. I know this is really important to mm-hmm. you. So, um, you know, expand mm-hmm. on what you want to see for, for now, the future, you know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was talking to someone else recently about um, what I would ask from the government, and the yeah. was like, I would never be satisfied. No matter what you gave me, I would ask for more. I think that's just what my <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, you know, 
Um, I think equity is what I'm looking for. Right. I want to give people all the same opportunities mm-hmm. uh, as much as we can. I understand that there's logistical, not everything's possible, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, society moves fast. I think people are wrapped up in their own lives. People, you know, I tell people I work in disability. That's never controversial. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody supports. We all, we all think we want to support, but the, we just get, I think we don't see it unless you're seeing it, unless it's yeah. around you. We don't think about it. We don't think about the yeah. challenges disabled people go yeah. through. Um, it, it, it's not easy. Financially, it's not easy. Yes. Um, we have supports, but, but, you know, I'm sure we can all imagine that as we all feel the crunch of inflation and all those things, oh, yeah. you've got a disability, it's just that much harder. Yeah. So uh, I think generating awareness is step number one. Uh, people have to know about it first. Yeah. Um, and two is how do we build systems and structures that can can include everybody? Yeah. Um, obviously, easier said than done. I don't think it's easy. Yeah, for um, sure. But but I think it's in a society where we have these devices, we can connect with anyone. Over, like we have all this capability and aptitude. It just seems a shame that we don't. Yeah. We don't work as hard as we could to make sure that everybody's included. Yeah. Um. But but I but again that's why I mentioned before that it's not it's never malicious or yeah it's just that, that we don't see it all the time yeah. we don't think about it we don't think what people yeah. go through yeah and it's probably you know super frustrating right but are you seeing now because I'm starting to see it more often now um, are you seeing changes you know within the last few years mm-hmm. uh, of of this awareness and and people advocating and um, you know uh, you know even Little governments making little changes, I guess. Yeah, it's incremental, but yeah. it's but it's probably yeah. progress. Yeah, I think so. Um, one, I think the attitude we've taken towards disability has improved quite a lot. Um, you know, any, I mean, it's depressing, so yeah. you don't want to look into it. But right. if you if you look into how we used to, folks who maybe couldn't live independently, yeah, we used to put them in these facilities that were like, in some ways, worse than prison. Yep, I read or, that. Yeah, there's one in Alberta. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 really really rough, and yeah. the survivors are still out there, and they remember, and they're traumatized. Um, so, so that's a good point. It's it's out there, but but yeah, even in the last few years, you're still seeing it. I think the way we talk about disability is a lot better. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a small change I would say is just that yeah. we don't the R word is not mm-hmm. uh, we don't go around saying that anymore. I think that yeah. we, we we I think I appreciate that people want to support folks with disabilities. Yeah. Um, our, our systems, uh, I think are, and this is probably us getting a better understanding of, of causes disability and yeah. different kinds of disability. Uh, even, you know, with autism, we used yeah. to have, uh, high functioning autism and then there was Asperger's and now it's just under this umbrella of that yeah. autism. And even in the last few years, actually, there's a push to broaden the spectrum of what we would call autism. Um, because what we used to find is that women would be undiagnosed yeah. much at much higher rates because there's a higher societal pressure on them to conform. And right. so we were, we were diagnosing mostly on social deficits. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot more to autism than that. There's, mm-hmm. you know, you have sensory things, you have lots of it. So yeah. uh, broadening the category of what we would consider. Yeah. I, I think one takeaway I would have, and I would ask people to consider this is, you know, the way that we label things and these come from, you know, the DSM or from is, is inherently pathological. We, we look for things that are wrong or things that are broken. Right, um, which is which is which is good in the sense if you're trying if you're if you're a, a provider you want to treat something right. If yeah. there's something wrong, you don't need me. Yeah. But, um, and for us, the the regular folks who are just trying to understand how we can be different from each other, it's not as helpful. Um, and so I personally, well, I personally 
and the the spectrum of, of disability yeah. providers and academics, I think, is, um, we're we're broadening the disability as a spectrum, um, mental health as a spectrum. Yeah. Uh, these things aren't discrete. They're mm-hmm. they're actually it's a it's a continuous different yeah. sets of symptoms, mm-hmm. and we give them labels to help us understand them. But but nature resists our attempts to categorize yeah. things easily. Yeah. Um, wow. So yeah, I think. Um, there's a there's a YouTube channel, um, yeah. special books by special kids. Oh, um, it's, I I recommend it. It's um it's a he was a special ed teacher and now he invites folks on to his show and you just ask them lots of questions. Folks with all kinds of diagnoses of different kinds, yeah. and he just talks to them. Um, and it's and it's super super interesting. Oh, um, okay. Because you can watch you can you can Google things. You can go to Wikipedia yeah. and you'll see a yeah. list of symptoms or whatever. Yeah. But it doesn't tell you until you see yeah. someone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So for what would be your, I guess, your request for, you know, with this advocacy? What what would you request be to our our audience? How can we make them uh, more aware? Yeah, I think just keep in the back of your head, I guess. You know, um, I, I I don't expect your average person to go out and, and get a, a degree in, in disability yeah. or whatever, but um, I think just keep it keep it yeah. in your mind. Yeah. Um, you know, for instance, um, s- folks with brain injury can have some symptoms that appear like being drunk. Uh, right. Aphasia can cause slurring of speech. Yeah. Um, certain types of movement disorders can look like mm-hmm. bumbling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and those folks have a tough time because they don't want to be judged in public. Yes. And so, you know, I would say firstly, try to reserve your judgment. We don't know why anybody is the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind that those people are directly suffering because we prejudge folks. Yes. And not that I say don't judge people who are, who are drinking either, but just, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, even even that's another, you know, another issue, right? There's a reason why they're drinking. Yeah. But, but you know, um, yeah, going back to that, I, I, I like to think now that I've changed in the last few years, especially with, you know, talking about people seeing seeing them on the street and, and their behavior acting a certain way, mm-hmm. I now, I don't judge them. I go, why? Yeah. 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 Everybody got there somehow. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And it's it's really easy for us to to write someone off as yep. defective or broken. Mm-hmm. Um. That's lazy. It's lazy and it's not effective. But are we all broken? Right. Right. right? Or or maybe yeah. even you know what's broken and what's just a different kind of person. Yeah. Um. Our our society is very rigid, and mm-hmm. so um folks who okay actually I'll give you a different example. Yeah. Um. Folks. There, there was a, a trend that, you know, it's being kind of studied uh, in schizophrenia. Um, they have, I think it was a comparison. I want to say it's Indiana. I can't say for sure. But yeah. in places where there's less direct healthcare support, right. but families more involved. Yeah. Um, and so what, what they kind of were finding was that their outcomes were better. So their unmedicated schizophrenic family members were performing better than our medicated ones because they would stay at home. They would live with their family. Their family would find, you know, a role. It's easier with multi-generational housing, right? That makes sense, yeah. So okay. they would find a place and a, and a role for them to contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that that is the difference. Like, yeah. to, for someone to contribute, to, to yeah. be a member of society yeah. and be included, be a member of a family. Like yeah. Um, and so I think about that a lot, just in the way that how are we best supporting people is not... Yeah. 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 We meet them where they are, not where we want them to be. I'm actually starting, like, you just triggered some kind of thoughts that I had in mind. Um, so I've been seeing a lot of, um, you know, uh, social media posts mm-hmm. on, you know, South America. I've seen 
some families who are taking care of people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. But I've also seen in Japan, they've incorporated people, for example, with dementia. Uh, I don't know if you heard of that. Um, there's a restaurant uh, yeah. where, um, you know, the orders are just whatever. And mm -hmm. you have to come in with that kind of open mind. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, the servers are people with dementia. Mm -hmm. So you, they'll take your order, but they'll bring the wrong order. And you just roll with it. Just roll with it. Yeah. And wow, if our society was like that, can you imagine? Yeah, if we found places for people. Oh, my gosh. There's another one, a really good one in, in Colorado, and I forget the name, but yeah. it's a pizzeria. Um, and it's staffed by folks with uh, intellectual disabilities. Oh. And so um, they're, they're, you know, the menu's small. It's simple. Yeah. Uh, things are color-coordinated. Um, oh. And so I think, and I want to see you order by color. Right? Yeah. But anyways, it's designed so that... Um, so that it's simple. Yeah. And so you you come, you order your pizza. Yeah. It's quality. Like, it's good. Yeah. Um, but but all the staff are folks with intellectual disabilities yeah. would otherwise not be able to, you know, to be involved. So, um, yeah, I mean, we have a whole group of people who want to contribute, mm -hmm. who, who could contribute. Yeah. And it's only because we're not really helping yeah. them find ways to fit in. Right, right. And I think that's, you know, another reason why I love our Toastmasters group. Mm -hmm. Because we're giving that that particular community... Uh, that's self-confidence, right? Yeah. Uh, and and just bringing them out of their shell and, and saying, hey, you matter too, and you can do this just as anyone else could. So mm -hmm. if we can do that more in this world, wow, mm -hmm. what a wonderful world. Sure, yeah. Oh, so do you have anything else you can add before I ask you the most important question of the day? Um, no, I think I think that's it. Oh. Yeah, um, I just uh, thank you for having me. I, I, I lately I've been thinking, and, and and you know it's nice for me to do this, but I, I also, yeah. I'm going to try to find some avenues for folks to speak out a little more. I think one people are genuinely interested; they want to know. Yeah, and 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 the folks who I who I support, yeah, are also they want their story out there. Yeah, something really big happened to mm -hmm. them, and they've learned a lot. Yeah, um, we have a lot to learn from them. So the the the, the disconnect there is just that the, oh, is that we don't have a you know. A way for them to get their message yeah. out. So that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Well, maybe, you know, if you can have some of your people come as a guest for, there's a platform I can give them. So that would be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Awesome. So, yeah, um, the important question of the day is what matters to Nick? What matters to you? Uh, you know, I think I, I think it, equity. I, I said that yeah. earlier too, but, but yeah, I, that, that we are affording people the the opportunities um you know and uh, it's uh, our societies are strict i'm just thinking about the university application yeah. process um you know, you know playing university is very stressful it's competitive yeah um and and there's a reason for that we like to think of things as a meritocracy you know you yeah. have to earn it to deserve it yeah. but but something that excludes people who are capable yes um and and we've created artificial barriers for mm. them from doing these things so um, for us to, to factor in their their opportunities, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm wow. thinking about. That's wonderful. So, by the way, I was just thinking about, I don't know, this is what, my 30th podcast now? Um, and I just, <laughs> I just wanted to mention this because I don't know if it's because I've had a little bit more experience or if it's because it's you. I'm not sure. But I came into this going... Like whenever I do my podcast, I have to work up the energy to to get it done, sure, the whole process and the, the guest. And, yeah. and generally all of my guests have been great. But there was something about you, and I don't know if it's because we know each other 
right? Um, there was some kind of comfort level with doing this podcast today. So, so thank you. Well, I don't thank know. Happy to you. Yeah, That's no, and, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and just and the fact too that we're talking about a very um, important subject. So thank you. We got to keep getting that out there. Mm-hmm. Let's have more conversations. And and yeah, thank you again. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great.